Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here. Welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast coming to you from the Macedon Rangers on this beautiful Monday, the 29th of January, 2024. An absolutely beautiful summer's day, not a cloud in the sky, just a hint of a small zephyr, and it's going to be a nice balmy 29 degrees Celsius here. Beautiful summer's day. So I trust you've had a fantastic weekend. For those of you in Australia, hope you enjoyed the great long weekend. And uh, looking forward to a fantastic week this week. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do yourself and also your team a favor by subscribing to the podcast. That will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be listened to, hopefully then digested and implemented, most importantly. But also if you can rate the show as well, that would be awesome because it makes it a lot easier for others to more readily find the show on the various podcasting platforms. So uh, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back, and uh, hopefully what we talk about today will be a catalyst for you to continue your quest on becoming an exceptional sales leader, and maybe just maybe adding this particular podcast to your list of listening podcasts for you to get better and to improve what you do around sales. So with that said, uh, the topic of today's episode is, is your team the industry's best kept secret? Now... Uh, If you've been listening for a while, if you've been watching me or following me on LinkedIn, uh, you know that one of my core beliefs around sales is that it is the ultimate form of service. And often when I share that sort of philosophy with people in workshops and even one-on-one, they sometimes look at me a bit strangely because many of them have been brought up in an environment where sales is sort of a little bit on the nose to say to, to some degree. Uh, and people think, well, to be a salesperson, you need to be pushy, you need to be a product pusher. You need to be convincing and it's all about manipulation. Uh, that is not what I'm about. And if you've been listening uh, for this to this podcast for a while, hopefully you get a gist of that. That is not my philosophy, but it is uh, the ultimate form of service, which means that if we are able to provide a valuable and also a tangible solution to a problem that a customer might have, and part of that is going to be identifying what that problem is. And if we can articulate that problem really well and often better than perhaps the potential customer can articulate that, then in many cases, they're going to have this uh, thought process or desire to want to know what a solution is to that particular problem. And so when that situation arises, and if we do not provide a possible solution to that problem, we'll be doing that customer a disservice. And often when we share a solution, as long as it's valuable, as long as it's also tangible and specifically linked to that particular problem, then a lot of cases, the sale will become inevitable. But there is a big presupposition here, and that is Uh, Of course, the customer has to actually want and need to solve the problem. And if the customer doesn't want to solve the problem, then there's no point us pushing the envelope and trying to get them across the line because uh, that becomes a little bit pushy and they're more likely to put up those objections. Now, depending on who you talk to, and certainly I've got a lot of trainers in my industry that will say, well, when there's an objection, that is simply, simply something that has to be overcome that you need to find a way to deliver that service, deliver that product and close that customer because you need you know better than they do what's good for them. Now that sometimes comes across as being quite arrogant and I'm not 
the litling sales sales trainers that do this. Uh, yes, there are going to be people out there that have, depending on a number of things, one being their personality style, their thinking style, and how they make decisions. Uh, there are going to be people who need time to make decisions. And the last thing you want to be doing is pushing the envelope too far. So you need to know where your boundaries are going to be. Uh, but if you have this core philosophy and this core belief around, you know what, I'm ultimately going to be of service to this particular customer. And I remember recording a podcast late last year and we were talking to this particular person that he was saying that, you know what, in the work that he does, if he can demonstrate that there's tangible value to a customer and if they don't purchase, who almost takes it personally because he knows that there's something else that might be, I guess, preventing that person from stepping forward, but he knows that the solution that he's going to deliver that particular customer is going to make a fundamental change, not just to their business, but in many many cases to their life. And so he won't give up on that. And he will he'll find a way through, he'll work with them clo- closely, but he's not going to be manipulative and he's not going to use all the closing tactics to try and overcome the objections. He's going to do it based on servitude, he's going to base, base it on empathy and based on understanding. And either way, if they don't make a purchase right now, then they're going to go into a nurture sequence and we'll continue to build that relationship with them so that at some point down the track, uh, when they are in a buying cycle, we are going to be the first person they think about because of how we've made them feel in that particular interaction. Now, what's really interesting about this and working with sales teams over the last nine years, I've been absolutely intrigued by the number of salespeople, sales leaders and teams who don't perhaps share the same belief around sales. And that's perfectly okay because many people have their own philosophy around sales and that's fine. But these teams almost rely entirely on inbound interest to generate their sales and to generate their revenue. Now, in great times, this is fantastic because there's going to be built-up demand for their solution, and we saw this with a number of organizations throughout COVID. They didn't have to work a huge, huge, well, some of them didn't have to work really hard at all because people were just jumping all over themselves to want to buy their product. And this can be very, very lucrative. However, at some stage, and we've seen this with a lot of industries post-COVID, the well begins to dry up, and salespeople need to get proactive. But unfortunately, not all of them do. Now, the purpose of this particular podcast is to, I guess, uh, get people out from the thought process of being the industry's best kept secret and start to build awareness and get out there and put some things on the table. Now, one of my very early sales mentors always used to say that nobody will be interested unless and until you ask, which was a very, very powerful principle. And it's a principle that allows us to build a habit around being proactive. Now, the last thing we want to do is to be the industry's best kept secret, where you might have the greatest solution, you might be the greatest person, and yet nobody knows about you, and nobody knows what you're capable of. Strangely though, many salespeople today are still reluctant to ask for fear of rejection, or fear of being labeled a pushy salesperson. And yet the reality is that a very, very high percentage of sales that are made are actually not made based on the customer seeking you out, or walking into your world, holding up what I call the can I buy your solution today sign. They're not; they're just not doing that. And unfortunately, there are organizations and sales teams that think they've got the best product, they've got the biggest network, they've got the best widget, whatever the case might be. And based on that, they should have customers lining up around the street, around the corner to buy that particular product. Well, the reality is it doesn't happen that way. Now, if you can be really, really lucky and happen to be in the right place at the right time, and you've caught lightning in a bottle, then maybe, just maybe, every now and then that might actually take place. But what it can do is it can lead you into a false sense of security and a false sense of your own importance and a false sense of, I guess, sales satisfaction that you've got a person who has happened to be in the right place 
in their buying cycle that happen to come across your particular solution and there happen to be a match. The cold hard reality for the vast majority of salespeople out there in sales organizations is that sales are made through intentional and regular outbound connections that deliver value and lead a customer through a buying process. Now, you just have to look to some of the biggest brands on the marketplace. You would think that organizations like Coca-Cola or Bunnings in Australia or car manufacturers would have enough credibility and presence in the marketplace that they wouldn't have to continue to advertise. But even those organizations recognize that if they're not in the buyer's, I guess, frame of mind or frame of reference, then they very quickly can become forgotten. So they've got to continue to be in the frame of mind of, of their intentional and future buyers so that when that buyer is in a position to make a purchase, uh, hopefully their product or their service is amongst the top one or two that they're going to consider for that particular purchase. So as a sales leader, I want you to think about this particular question. Is your team right now uh, one of the industry's best kept secrets? So how well is your team known? Uh, how many inquiries do you tend to get? Uh, what What is the relationships that have been built by your team out there in the industry, whether it be through partners or through key stakeholders? Because we don't want to be the industry's best kept secret. You might have the best product and the best solution, but if people don't know about you, then it's very, very difficult to actually penetrate that market because there will be people out there who will take the initiative, who will actually put themselves out there and start to educate the marketplace. And the marketplace, just simply through that level of visibility, may actually have a high level of credibility associated with those particular organizations where you're sitting there. You might have a much better solution and a much uh, more cost-effective solution, but if people don't know about it, then they're going to be able to reap the benefits. So as we begin the brand new week, there's five things I want you to think about. This is by no means an exhaustive list. You can probably add things to this, but just some things to think about in relation to how can I either get my get my team out from under being the best kept secret in the industry or prevent my team from becoming the industry's best kept secret. So what are some things we can do that we can think about to help build some market credibility and market awareness? Number one is... Hey, simple, get on the front foot. Get on the front foot and proactively reach out to existing customers with some valuable insights and some tangible insights into the industry and a solution that you are providing them. Now, one of the things that I often see within businesses is they bring on customers and yet as soon as the customer comes on board, they're out looking for the next uh, new icon or a new, new customer to bring on board. One of the things we need to understand is our existing customers are like gold. And if you can think about this philosophy that the sale actually doesn't start until after the sale is made, you'll realize that there's a lot of opportunity to actually engage and continue to engage with our existing customers to not only get feedback, but also to provide some tangible value and insights to them because there may well be new opportunities that come out of further developing that relationship. So get on the front foot. The second one is reach out to the ideal future customer of your business and connect with them whether that be via the phone or some industry forum, whether it be via email or even on LinkedIn, because when you're reaching out to them, uh, and I know LinkedIn in particular, they talk about LinkedIn being the perfect networking tool and the fact that there's millions and millions of key decision makers on LinkedIn. And depending on who you listen to, some say LinkedIn is the perfect uh, network to build uh, a network of like-minded people, but from a business point of view, it is also a perfect platform to build a network of future ideal customers. Now, the key thing about reaching out to those particular people is 
when you're reaching out, this is point number three, you do not talk about your product and you do not talk about your solution or your strategy. You ask genuine curiosity-based questions. Always remember, you ask and not tell. And I'm flabbergasted at the number of requests that I get for connections and either in the connection request itself or pretty much the first message after I connect with a particular person, I get the pitch. And the pitch is all about them. It's all about who they service. It's all about all the great things they've done for the industry. It is not about me. Now, if a person reached out to me and started asking questions about me and what I do, uh, and were generally curious to understand what makes me tick, then instantly I'm going to have a better rapport with them, and I'm more likely to engage with any particular possible solution they might have that might help me in my own development. So if we understand the concept that people are not going to be interested unless we ask, then it's a key requirement of us in sales to continue to reach out to that future ideal customer. There's multiple different ways to do that. As I said, phone, email, LinkedIn. Uh, lots of people use cold calling and you know, cold calling is still, as funny as it sounds, still pretty effective in today's marketplace. But the key thing is you've got to be doing it to serve. You've got to be doing it to ask, not to tell. So it's not about you, it is about them. Now, once you build a, a credible relationship, then you will earn the right to then ask for a level of interest, but you only do that once you've built that level of rapport with that particular customer. So reach out, reach out and ask and not tell. Point number four, identify industry partners. And this is another one of what joint ventures. If you can reach out and identify partners within your particular industry where there could be synergy to provide a unique solution to the marketplace, then that is something that can differentiate you against your competition and certainly put your name higher in the marketplace against your competition. And partnerships can be very, very powerful. And the last point is build a habit around building awareness in the marketplace. So remember that, and this is linked to point two, reaching out to your ideal future customer, that people are not going to be interested until you ask. But in order to get to the position where you can ask, you've got to build awareness in the marketplace so people know who you are. Now, if that means that you, you post on forums, you attend industry, industry association type events, networking events, uh, expos, or simply just posting on LinkedIn on a regular basis so you know that where your ideal regular customers or ideal future customers hang out, get into the same forums as they do and post relevant content. Not spammy, would you like to buy my product type stuff, but how can you be serviceable and to the industry so that you can bring awareness to that industry and through that process, people start to see you around. Just remember though that approximately 3% of the customers are in the buy now zone. So 97% are not going to be in a position where they're going to be wanting to buy now. So understanding that is really important and it means that nurture will be the name of the game, but you must stay in the game. So uh, they're just five key things to start thinking about to hopefully prevent your team from becoming the industry's best kept secret or if you figure out that your team right now is not as well known as you perhaps think they could be or they should be, maybe you've got some people within your team who are sitting on <laughs> being the best kept secret and they're not necessarily as being proactive as they could be. So hopefully this message finds you at the right time and hopefully gives you a couple of things to think about in terms of ideas to start to build awareness within the marketplace. So understand that sales is a long game. It's not a, a short-term not a short term game. As Simon Sinek always talks about, we are playing the infinite game, not the finite game, which means we have to have a good mindset that we are going to stay the course. No matter how long it takes, we're going to continue to provide value. Now, if we do this, uh, more likely than not, we're going to become more aware in the marketplace and we're going to have more credibility and that will increase the chances of people 
wanting to engage in conversations when we ask them if they have a level of interest. So I trust that message helps and I trust that message finds you just at the right time. So with that said, if I can help you at all, whether it be with your sales team or if you're looking for an accountability buddy or a coach or mentor to help you take your sales leadership to an exceptional level, uh, love to the opportunity of having a chat with you to see how I can help you do just that. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom and have a quick conversation about where you're at, see whether I can help you and your sales team on your quest to become exceptional, and we can map out a plan. So uh, with that said, look forward to that conversation, and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.